Welcome to Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm Bob. And I'm Phil. And we welcome you to our podcast. All right. Welcome to another episode of Fleet Safety Geeks. I'm here with Phil Mosier. Hey, Phil, how are you? Good. How are you doing, Bob? Doing real good. Thank you. Uh, on our last episode, we gave a preview of uh, personal safety, and I think this is going to be kind of a fun and exciting uh, episode. Uh, it can give people some good tips. Um, one of the things that we kind of uh, previewed was, you know, what to do uh, if you are uh, experience a carjacking and there's kids in the car. Um, while this may not be the best advice for everyone, I think that you probably have a disclaimer that you might want to put out there first, right? <laughs> yeah, so, and, and that's with everything, every episode that we do, Bob, right? So the, the things that we discuss and the suggestions that we make are just good general safety, you know, ideas and principles, but you have to make your own decisions uh, based on your circumstances at any given point in time. So that's just, that's the same thing here with with personal safety and how you react in case you're accosted. Yeah, no, that makes sense. We are, you know, here because we care. Uh, we're trying to reduce accidents. We're trying to keep people safe. We're trying to keep people alive. The advice that we give is never definitive. It's never the exact right way to do things. However, um, it is best practices in the fleet industry. Um, and a lot of it does apply over to um, personal driving as well. Um, Ultimately, the person that's responsible for the safety is the person behind the wheel, um, but take our advice and uh, use it for what you will, and hopefully it'll keep you safe. Correct. Okay, well, we're right on. Well, with that, let's get right into personal safety and start off with carjacking. Um, you have some important statistics to uh, to share about that, don't you? Yeah, I do. So it's startling what's going on right now in this country, and and. Um... Listen, crime is in, in general is just up. It's 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 you see a lot of it in the news, and uh, but it's a, it's a little scary for people who drive, especially people who drive as part of their job. Um, they you know the carjackings have risen dramatically over the past couple of years, and they're at levels. If you recall, and again, uh, I always say I'm old, but back in the early '90s and, and into the mid '90s, you know, carjacking was in the news almost every day. Um, and then some of the number of cities got wise to it and, and realized, you know, and I don't mean to be critical here, but they realized they were losing tourist dollars. So they started reclassifying them as, you know, uh, strong arm robberies or uh, vehicle thefts and things like that. But carjacking is still going on and it has increased in the past couple of years. There are a couple of instances I was reading online um, where, uh, a 10-year-old boy uh, was involved in a carjacking, uh, a 10-year-old kid, um, a state senator, um, his car and his valuables were taken at gunpoint. And this was in Chicago. Uh, a rideshare driver, uh, many people I think probably may have seen that video where a rideshare driver um was attacked and then he shot his attackers that happened near me in Philadelphia near Philadelphia and uh last March a 12 year old in Washington DC was arrested and charged after four counts of armed carjacking so I mean I don't know what's going on uh, but I do know this we have to be careful and we have to do whatever we can to keep ourselves safe yeah no that's that that it's really kind of incredible that the age of some of these people who are involved in uh, in these crimes, um, 
is surprising. It's not just kids, though. Um, certainly, there's there's something that that makes that surprising. But but this is happening, like you said. You know, um, whether they're just calling it strong arm robbery or changing the classification, it's happening. You know, all all over, um, for whatever reason. You know, we can blame it on the economy. We can blame it on whatever. But but it's happening out there, and we need to be aware of it. And and uh, there's some tips that we can you know, go and discuss to kind of reduce carjacking. Um, what, what, you know, and I know last week we previewed, you know, what to do if, uh, if your kids are in the car, we'll get there in a second, but why don't you go down um, uh, any kind of a advice you have to avoid carjacking? So um, tips to avoid carjacking. So just as you get into the habit of, getting into your vehicle and putting on the seatbelt, I would like to also tell you to get into the habit of as soon as you sit down behind the wheel or as soon as you get into a vehicle, lock the doors, right? Just make that automatic. And some people say, well, my vehicle doors lock, you know, once the car starts rolling, don't wait for that. A lot of carjackings happen in parking lots and people will wait until you get into the vehicle and, you know, have the keys in the ignition and then hit you. So make sure you lock the doors immediately. A locked door might keep the bad people out. So... Uh, always be aware of your surroundings. And this, this is true in parking lots and at intersections. And don't get yourself blocked in. If you if you pull tight up against somebody and somebody else slides in behind you, you know, stops behind you, tied up against you, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? So give yourself some escape space. Whenever you stop behind the vehicle, another vehicle, you should stop back far enough so you can see the rear tires of that vehicle in front of you touching the road. And if you can't see the rear tires, you're too close. If you have escape space and you're, you're, you're keeping a check on your mirrors and you're watching and you're looking around, it's not time out at intersections. If you're watching and looking, you may see somebody approaching. You may be able to pull out and get away. But uh, people, I think when they pull up to an intersection, it's like, oh, it's time out. I can start doing stuff. Nope. Nope, not not just for you know uh, avoiding collisions, but also avoiding becoming a crime victim. Stay alert. Um, in, in parking lots, I mean, just think about what is it going to look like when you come back out. Is it going to be dark? Never park next to anything like a large trash can. Or if you're if you're parking, I would avoid parking next to larger vehicles like vans and things like that because again these things block views or there could be bad people in the van so i always say you know just choose your parking spots uh, carefully um if you're approaching your vehicle and you see something that just doesn't look right you see movement around the vehicle you see vehicle, you know movement say in a vehicle next to you and, and listen listen to your instincts if if they if it just doesn't feel right go back in where you came from I've told people, you know, like you're out shopping, you know, you're uh, maybe a mall or whatever. Ask security, can you walk me out to my car? You know, um, it's 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 okay. And police would much rather be called because you see something suspicious than being called if you become a crime victim. So call. Um, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, and then if you are accost accosted, somebody gets to jump on you, give it up. There is no property. There is nothing worth your life. People say, well, you know, it's a very special watch that my grandfather gave me. <laughs> Give it up. Grandpa doesn't want you to get killed. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, and, and the vehicle, it's not worth it. It is just not worth, you know, risking your life. Yeah. Then, so it's uh, the same. 
Well, let me just touch on that real quick, you know, because yeah. that's the same as working in retail. It's the same as working in the bank. If you get robbed, the advice is just give them what they want. Get you them know. out of the situation as soon as possible. Insurance will take care of things. Your life is more important. It's really no different. So especially if you just got that brand new cell phone and you don't want to give it up, you just give it up. Yeah, not, <laughs> not worth it. Yeah, you can go get another phone. Uh, but, uh, you know, my wife worked in a bank and you're exactly right. Uh, they tell you, just, they just tell them, just, even if you know you don't see a weapon, it doesn't matter. They give you a note, just give it up. It's not worth your risking um, you know, getting hurt. Um, and, and also, you need to be very careful feeling up. Um, people will have things stolen out of their car when they're standing right next to it. Or they'll, and I'll, I'm going to re relate an incident that I was told a number of years ago when I was teaching a, uh, tr uh, doing a training class in um, the L.A. area. There was a young lady in the class, uh, sales rep. She was a professional sales rep. And she told this story. She, she pulled into a gas station. It was prepay. She went in, paid the attendant, came back out, was pumping gas into the car. And the gas pump stopped off before uh, the full amount was in her gas tank. She went back in and told the attendants, and hey, you know, my gas pump shut off. I'm, I'm not to the point. And, she, and he said, yeah, I shut it off. While you were getting gas in on your passenger side, I saw a guy climb into your car through the rear into the rear seat through the driver's side and i haven't seen him leave i've called the police the oh, cops wow. and the cops got there as they pulled in a car alongside the station pulled away with two other guys in it they got this guy out of the car it was a 16 year old kid and he was it was it was for a gang initiation during his in his statement to the police he was to kidnap and sexually assault this woman in the presence of two other gang members to to gain you know uh, membership into the gang um and this and she she was giving a, a tale of warning to all the people all the other i was amazing that she shared this it was very brave of her uh to share this story and i will always 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 remember that when i get out unless there's somebody unless my wife or somebody else is with me in, in the vehicle i lock the doors when I get out of my car to, to get gas, I take the keys with me. I take my phone with me because, again, if you have, like, your phone in the console, somebody can just reach in there and take it. Don't don't leave it there. Um, and lock the doors. You're just going to say, that's silly when I'm getting gas. I have to, I'm going to be right there. Nope. Lock the doors. Um, and then the last one, Bob, I'm going to talk about, and I think really getting serious, if that wasn't serious enough. So I always say, you know, give it up. But let's say you have a child now and you, you go out and, and you, know, you get them into the back seat and you get them buckled in. And now you're going over to the driver's door and somebody comes up and says, give me the car. What are you going to do? And you have to think about this ahead of time. And like I said, these are the tips that I'm going to give that are general good safety practices, but you have to make decisions based on your circumstances. But here's what I'm going to suggest. You say to the carjacker, to the criminal, the car is yours. You can have the car. I'm just getting my child. My child's in the back seat. You don't want the child. You can have the car. I am not, you, it's yours. You want my wallet? Here's my wallet. You want the keys? And what I suggest if you, and again, read the situation, drop the keys to the ground. There are the keys. That buys you a little time. And then 
just keep saying it and saying it and saying it and walk and get that kid out of the car and get out of there. Teach your children. Educate your children. You don't want to scare your children to death, but educate your children as they're getting a little older. If anything is, happens, you get out of the car, watch the traffic, get out of there, leave. So these, again, and, and, and people say, oh, well, you know, this is a little overboard. Well, most victims of crimes don't think that they're going to be victims of crimes. And how many times do we, every year we hear of situations where a car was taken and the kid was inside? So yeah. you have to think about these things. And if you don't think about them ahead of time, when the situation actually happens, are you going to freeze? Are you going to hesitate? That could get you hurt. So you have to think about this stuff ahead of time. Right. Yeah. So this is the one that I thought would be pretty uh, interesting because I've never heard of any kind of tips to, you know, convince somebody to let you get your kid out of the car during a, a carjacking. So at least it's something, right? It, it's better than, you know, you know, getting carjacked and then, you know, they taking off with your car and the kid. It gives you something to think about when it, you know, when it's happening, if it should happen and we hope it never happens um you know for you to to try you know uh but again for a huge disclaimer you know um do what's best for your situation and and what's happening at that moment uh but obviously you know we don't care about the car we don't care about the belongings we care about the people in the car so do whatever you can to try and get your kid back thank you phil i i, I think that that's really really a, a good thought um in your experience as an officer, have you ever seen that work? Have you dealt with carjackings where kids were in the car? No, that, no, I and thank God, goodness, I never did. Um, again, I keep I keep up on all this stuff, and and there are there are different views here, Bob. I'll be honest with you. You know, some some uh, you know um, uh, people who teach you know being a defense you know defending yourself. Um, they'll say, hey, no, you need to keep the, the keys in your hand and use the key as a weapon. But uh, so there are differing views. And like I said, you need to decide what you're going to do based on your circumstances. And the way I look at it is a key versus a gun. Yeah, I might want to try and drop that, drop it down a little bit and saying, hey, nope, I am not resisting. Here are the keys. I'm just getting my child and keep repeating it loudly and clearly just doing it and doing it and doing it, saying it and saying it again until you get the kid dead, kid out of there and get out of the way, just get away. Uh, and then if you can, you know, always, you know, try and put the, the vehicle between you and the bad guy, you know? So yeah. um, it, one, one thing that I've, uh, I've heard and, you know, I've studied this stuff. Um, if you can, you know, slide across the seat so then again, you're putting the car, you know, the, the car between you and the carjacker. But again, you have to weigh those circumstances. Would that be met as resistance and get you hurt? So you have to decide what you're going to do. But if you don't think about ahead of time, you may hesitate and that could get you hurt. Yeah. So, um, so carjacking, um, you know, there's some advice there and there's some uh, uh, personal decisions people are going to make. I just want to touch real quick. You know, you mentioned the first one, always lock your doors as soon as you enter your vehicle and you said make it a habit. And you've said before driving is a series of habits and series of habits is really just um, uh, generating muscle memory, right? right? Get in the car, put on your seatbelt before you start it. Um, always check your mirrors. Just always do these things. And 
a habit or put it in muscle memory. Um, really good advice. So every time that we talk about something, it seems like, you know, muscle memory and not driving selfish and all of these uh, same, you know, bits of advice keep popping up. So um, let's talk about vehicle break-ins. You know, you may not be in the vehicle, but you know, there's, there's times your vehicle could be broken into valuable stolen or the car stolen. What do you got there? Yeah. So again, vehicle break-ins are way up. I was talking to a friend who was saying that they uh, went out to San Francisco and on almost all the parking meters, they have signs on the parking meter saying, do not leave anything in plain view that is of value because your car will be broken into. What a shame. What, what an absolute right. shame. Um, so that is always good advice. So don't leave anything of value ever. I mean, I don't leave electric, you know, recharging cords, change just even as if it's a few pennies i don't care don't they'll they'll view that as something that they might be able to you know put in their pocket uh always always windows up doors locked keys with you and that again should just be just plain good common sense right but it's amazing how many people don't have that common sense uh no no phones no computers no personal items nothing should be in plain sight put this stuff out of sight if you have a trunk, best place for your stuff is a trunk. If not, maybe in the back covered over. Uh, and then also, you know, just as I said before, be cautious where you park. Uh, if it's a high crime area, you want to try and, you know, try and keep uh, in a lighted area. You know, light is a great deterrent for crime. So, uh, again, just be cautious where you park. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, we're in the summer. We've done, you know, summer driving. You know, we, we've talked about you know, animals in cars, kids left in cars, you know, everything. But one of the biggest ones that frustrates me the most is in the wintertime. People are running in to grab a cup of coffee. They leave their car running yeah. to get their coffee because it's convenient. They think it's going to be quick and they come out, the car's still warm. That car is going to stay warm. That car is going to warm up very quickly, you know, if you turn it off, um, especially in the winter. Take your keys, turn off the car, lock it up. Um, don't make it, don't make it easy. Bob, it happens every year. Every oh, yeah. I mean, every sure. year when it gets cold, people do that. And here's the thing. In all states, in every state, that's a violation. That's a violation. Uh, idling, a idling, at least. Yeah. So we actually had a guy where I was a cop, uh, had his car stolen. He just exactly what you said. He ran in to get a cup of coffee, left the car sitting out in a nice Mercedes, and left it running. <laughs> and not only did he have his car stolen, which the guy then trashed, okay, he got charged with leaving his car running and I wasn't the investigating officer. So please people don't, uh, don't send me any uh, nasty messages. But the other guy who investigated said, yeah, that's a violation. And wrote the guy up. So the guy had to deal with a stolen trashed car and, uh, and, and a citation. And he was, you know, he asked for a hearing and the judge found him that he was guilty of it because he was, it was just dumb. And here's the thing. And people say, Oh, well, that's really cruel and everything. Well, what if that car driver, you know, that uh, car thief goes out and hits somebody? Just because right. you, you, you know, just, as you said, it, it, how long does it take to warm the car back up? It just doesn't make any sense, but it happens all the time. Yep. That's uh, uh, just one of those things that, that we need to get used to. It's unfortunate that he was cited, but it could be a liability, you know, that's, you know not a victimless crime. He was a victim of uh, doing something wrong and getting cited for it. So right. Um, right. Uh, double jeopardy there, but you know, either way, that's nah, not really double jeopardy, but either way, you know, it's, 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 it's what adding salt to the wound. Yeah. That's, that was salt to the wound. I felt. Yeah. But uh, if, if yeah, I had been yeah. the investigating officer, I probably would have done the same thing because yeah. again, it created 
a situation where, well, there, 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 there were some other things that went on with it, but the cop had written the uh, citation prior. But yeah, the guy who stole the car, oh my goodness, excuse me, the car wasn't, it was trash. I'll just put it that way. It was trash. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, in the interest of trying to keep these within 30 minutes, I just want to add one more little topic here, um, which this topic could be its own episode. Um, but since this is fleet safety, a lot of this episode has gone you know, to uh, personal safety and it can apply to anybody who drives. So anybody who listens to this that's not uh, a fleet driver is going to gain some value from it. But our fleet drivers drive a lot of miles. They are behind the wheel a lot. Um, and so personal safety, really, all of this applies to them, but also, um, you know, vic being victims of road rage, ro road rage or violence on the road as a result of road rage. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, I'm a fleet manager. I've had uh, fleets that I've managed uh, over the years, and I've had people assaulted and, and uh, you know, uh, physically harmed uh, to the point where they were put in the hospital. Um, so... I want to talk about that for a little bit, and then we can save more of the topic for its own episode. But what can we do about road rage and whether we should engage with somebody who's um, causing the road rage? What, what do you have on that? Yeah, uh, well, just what you just said. You know, don't engage, right? Let the idiots go. Um, somebody, you know, cut you off or somebody is doing something, you know, people have to um, give you the stare, right? And don't reciprocate let it go it's not worth it and 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 bob it just seems that since the covid shutdown people are back out on the roads and people are just so aggressive and there have been many reported cases of road rage so um don't engage don't, don't you know it comes down to that old thing you know we've always said is like don't let somebody else drive your car for you if you're reacting to somebody else's actions and and then you're getting into involved with this you know, this, this, this carrying on of uh, road rage, you're not driving your car anymore. That, that person is, you know, that other person's driving your car. Don't give them that power. They're just not worth it. Uh, let it go. And, and because you never know what that other person might do. Uh, it's just, don't, don't look at them. Just, you know, slow down, let them get by. If they are, continuing on you know me bob and i say do never you never use the phone while driving maybe that's not a bad one to call 911 at that point or if you know where a police station is go there if it's nighttime go to an area where that is well lit uh where there are people go there um maybe they'll bug out i don't know but uh yeah don't don't engage these people they're just you you never know what their situation is. You never know what they're capable of, and it's not worth that risk. I shared with you uh, right before we came on here um, a story from when I lived in Michigan that happened right <clears throat> right while I was still living there before I moved to Cleveland. And it was um, uh, a situation where a driver pulled out in front of somebody, slammed on their brakes, and was just really being dangerous with the way they were driving. Um, it was a husband and wife, two kids in the car, and um, finally the person stopped in front of him. The driver of the car that was behind the person causing the road rage, you know, got out and just went up to the person and said, what's your problem? Person pulled out a gun and shot him in the face. He died instantly on the spot. Oh, um, that is not something that needs to happen. And that, that's one of those situations where, you know, you never want to engage if you 
cannot get away from the person. They won't disengage from you on the road. Get off the highway, get off the road, go wherever you are, go to a police station. Like you said, yeah, just try and get away. Don't engage. Don't don't give them the international, uh, um, Table for you know. one. Uh, that's the table <laughs> yeah, for one. Don't, don't, don't give that hand gesture, okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll get them enraged, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's going to keep them engaged, right? That's going to keep them uh, even more angry. Um, let them do their stupidity and move on and um, take a deep breath, get into another lane and just relax and let it, let it go, let it go by the wayside. Um, that's just some advice for a fleet driver, but anybody who's on the road, um, and experienced in, in road rage is, is just stay away from the person and let them go by and, um, keep yourself safe. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, that's actually, uh, something that we need to plan for is have a road rage episode. I'm kind of looking forward to doing that one. Cause I think that we can find a lot of statistics on that and it would help a lot of fleet drivers out there. Um, I get a call you know, uh, all the time where somebody reaches out to my company and says, I just saw your driver, you know, flip me off and, um, uh, was driving 90 and a 65. And, you know, again, we've said this before, but how do you know they're driving 90? Were you driving 90 behind them, taking pictures and calling me, you know, maybe that's not the right thing that you should be doing. So there's, there's things we need to do on both sides, uh, uh, when talking about that. And that's not all just a road rage. That's just defensive driving as well. So, um, could be a good episode there. Uh, that would be another great topic. Yeah. All right. Well, um, uh, again, as we are are starting to do a little bit, um, we're doing a little preview of what's to come. And uh, uh, again, we're still doing some planning, but we have some exciting uh, plans to do a multi-part series on uh, developing fleet policy. Uh, having a strong fleet policy is going to help you um, Keep your drivers safe. Hold them to something. Um, if you don't have policy, you can't, uh, you know, hold anybody to any kind of corrective action. Um, you can't really do any kind of planning. You can't, um, you know, figure out what you need to do for training. If you're just making it up as you go, it's not something that's going to be understood by drivers, and it's not going to be very clear. Um, we're going to talk about that with uh, uh, companies that help support policies, with fleet managers who. Um, uh, implement this policy, um, but also just, you know, kind of have a good way to do this. Um, that also engages all the different stakeholders within your company, right. Um, or your organization, whether right. it's a uh, C-level people or executives within a government agency or wherever you are, um, you need to get a lot of people involved from the HR legal and senior management side. So, yeah. Well, policy is about accountability and you can't have accountability without a good, good, uh, policy. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a real good uh, series, and I believe we're planning on bringing in some guests. So that that would also that will also make it very interesting. I think. Yeah. Yep. So uh, be on the lookout for that, and uh, this episode will be out here very soon, and uh, we'll start planning on the other. And uh, uh, looking forward to that. If you ever want to be a guest on our on our podcast, you know, please reach out to either Phil or myself on LinkedIn, or if you know our email addresses. And, um, you know, happy to uh, entertain what kind of uh, topic you have and have you on our, uh, our, on our podcast as a guest. <laughs>